0: Welcome to WWD Voices. I'm Arthur Zakowitz, Executive Editor of WWD. And today, as part of Retail's Responsible Reset Series with Accenture, we'll be featuring Audrey Dupretor Montesel, who's the Accenture Beauty Lead, as our guest host. Audrey will be interviewing Nancy Mahon, who's the ESG Lead at the Estee Lauder Companies, Inc., to discuss what it takes to put ESG and inclusion into practice. Welcome to WWD Voices, where we share the latest fashion, apparel, and retail industry insights. Welcome to WWD Voices. I'm Arthur Zachwitz, Executive Editor of WWD. And today, as part of the Retail's Responsible Reset Series with Accenture, we'll be featuring Audrey dupretour Montesal who's the Accenture lead as our guest host. Uh, Audrey will be interviewing uh, Nancy uh, Mann, who's the ESG lead at the Estee Lauder companies. And we're going to be discussing what it takes to put ESG and inclusion into practice. Welcome all.
1: Thank you very much, uh, Arthur. And and Nancy, it's a pleasure to have this conversation with you today. Um, So Nancy, you know, I'm French. I have this French accent. So I hope it will be good for everyone to, to, you know, follow this conversation. And I'm super honored to have you today. It's really a pleasure. Uh, you have such, such a deep expertise in sustainable beauty, such an understanding uh, of what it means concretely for, for beauty, because it's one thing to talk about sustainable beauty. And I will say it's another one to act for it. And I think you have been an incredible uh, leader in integrating that into the company, into ELC. And the objective today is really to understand how you make it a business daily, I would say, a practice in the company. So the first question I would like to ask, and I can't resist because I think it's, we share this value around girls and women at ELC and, and Accenture. So the first question I have for you, Nancy, is with all the conversation we, we have these days around our world changing, what is happening from a climate perspective, how do you see that directly impacting girls and women?
2: And what is your perspective on that? That's a great question. And 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 Audrey, it takes a village in terms of the globe. Uh, so no worries about accents. I probably have a New York accent and I talk incredibly quickly. So you can slow me down and, and we can learn from each other. So okay. thanks to Women's Wear Daily and to you, Audrey, and Accenture for, for giving me the opportunity. Uh, you know, I would say overall in terms of sustainability and climate and social impact what we've really focused on at the sd lauder companies is building from our strengths which fabrizio speaks about fabrizio Freida, our ceo speaks about quite a bit and we have a legacy both in social impact and social investments as well as in green energy and those are two areas where we really have leaned in and as it turned out apropos of your question around women We have had a long, um, great history and with many, many other companies of investing in breast cancer, breast cancer research, Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's research, and also through our MacAIDS fund through HIV AIDS. And in our climate work, we have invested in green energy solutions here in the United States and globally. And uh, we were lucky enough to just win the RE100 Entrepreneurial Leadership Award, which we're proud of. You know, the beauty industry, as you know, is are not generally big emitters. Um, and yet we feel very strongly that we have a role to play in terms of having creative solutions like wind uh, and forestry. So we're very proud of that. And and really want to also thank WWD for, for really great coverage across the board, particularly in climate. In terms of women and climate, you know, what COVID has really highlighted is that there's an enormous intersection of you know, particularly coming out of COP26 of what is called gender justice and climate justice. And that unfortunately, women and girls are disproportionately impacted by um, poverty, sadly. And if you look at an overlay of the COVID um, impacts and the climate impacts, what you see is that in communities and countries where there is low access to healthcare or poor, poor healthcare, particularly preventative care, there's also very um, high emission and very bad climate solutions, um, or, or I'd say, formal climate solutions. There's, there's in many of those countries, if not most, there's very good nature-based climate solutions. Um, and so, what we've really tried to focus on um, is how can we, as a global, you know, leading global prestige beauty company with 29 brands, how do we kind of use our corporate muscle and our business prowess and growth prowess to try and solve for and focus on solutions that, dis- that that help women and girls, basically. And we do that really in a 360 degree approach. So on the social investment side, we've invested, we just made a $15 million grant. Uh, and I think we're just, we're the inaugural corporate uh, donor, but I think we're gonna be joined by another luxury donor, which we're excited about. Essentially, um, Co-Impact is a group that is does venture philanthropy, Coming out of London, they are looking at going into countries where programs are working and having women led, program led solutions within those countries. And that hopefully, uh, they're hoping to deploy a billion dollars over the next 10 years. So that's a really it's basically a, a top down, bottom up systemic solution to gender injustice. And w- what's blocking women and girls from advancing? What's blocking them in schools? What's blocking them from graduating from high school? Where is the data? What is the data set um, saying to us? And how do we partner um, with um, with government to make that happen? We're very excited. Um, Gita Rao Gupta, who was uh, one of the big advisors at uh, CoImpact, is now going to be. She's nominated to be President Biden's ambassador at large for women and girls. And so we expect great solutions coming out of that. We've also on the on the climate side, we've also invested in climate solutions. Um, and environmental solutions that um, help women and girls. And so we invested in uh, a program, BSR has a program, the Her Project and the Her Respect Project, which looks at palm oil supply chain, uh, make, them more, make them safer. Uh, we also have invested in a program that helps um, basically work with our suppliers and educate women in their factories in terms of literacy. And then on the environmental front, um, we invite, we've invested in groups like Plastics for Change, uh, there's an entire industry, as you may know, in Southeast Asia of waste pickers, and so rather than saying, "Oh, that's you know, that's that's a bad thing," I mean, they they, they honestly have created this amazing in- industry, and so we've invested um, $150,000 in their work, and we just renewed that grant, so over $300,000, um, and we've also invested in um, Conservation International, some of the work they're doing in Pol- per- Bolivia, Peru, and Ecuador. Um, again, focusing on women's empowerment and and allowing indigenous women to um, uh, basically focus on and conserve forests. So we really feel there's a huge role for beauty to play and all corporations to play in supporting some of these grassroots women's efforts and scaling them. I mean, if there's one thing beauty companies know how to do, (laughs) We know know how to buy brands and we know how to scale them. Um, And we need also, from a marketing perspective, candidly, we know how to sell things. And so part of what we're trying to do is use our Estee Lauder moniker or our brand monikers, you know, for Mac Viva Glam and some of the great work that they're doing um, with all women, particularly trans women, and really allowing our, basically our, um, I guess, endorsement to help scale those solutions we refer to this as supporting the communities where we live, work, and source. And then lastly, I would say is we have always had but are now much more intentional about equity. So what does that mean? We look at all of our work through the lens of equity, which is through this grant, through this business action, are we being fair to every community? And in fact, are we giving a leg up to some of the communities that have been disproportionately impacted? And we focus on that both in our business actions through things like, you know, gender pay equity, um, commitments, uh, and also, uh, in the grant making that we're doing. So it's a, it's a collaborative effort across many of our departments and we're very excited about it.
0: Nancy, um, you know, I have a 16 year old daughter and, you know, the, this whole pandemic's been transformative for her, right? Now she wants to, uh, study pre-med and, and, I'm you know, totally supporting her and, and, you know, kind of helping her, um. And she's actually going to gr- graduate early from high school to do that. And she's because she wants to make a difference. But you said something interesting. You said, you know, it, it takes uh, a lot more than that. It takes many, right? It's not just, it's, you know, it's your company and there's other companies that have to do that. It has to be across the board, correct?
2: Oh, it does have to be across the board. I mean, I, I think that to me, the most striking piece coming out of COP26, and I'm lucky enough to have a 16 year old daughter too. <laughs> and a 19-year-old son, is I would say the level of youth activism and youth leadership on climate and on gender. Um, and, and I think that that for those of us who uh, have been part of the civil rights movement, have been part of the women's rights movement, the HIV-AIDS movement, is there is a movement here that is very informed, very active, very global, Andre's earlier point about France, and very moving. And. and it for for you know for all of us, I think there is a profound role to play in terms of listening.
0: So so what can men do, right? If so if we you know if we should we step aside and support women and let them, like how do we facilitate their success? like as a man and globally?
2: That's a totally lovely question. Well, I guess a couple of things. Um, I was struck recently. there was a report that came out uh, from Schwab and Ariel Investments. Melody Hobson and um, the Schwab investment discussion about women and girls and how basically women uh, we don't speak to our girls the same way about money as we speak to our sons. So I would say change starts at home. I would think about how you treat your girls um, and make sure that they are equally well equipped to be business people, to be change, change makers as they go forward in their lives. And then globally, men have a huge role to play. Um, you know, we're lucky enough to have so many great men in our company, whether it be Fabrizio, who's our CEO, Fabrizio Freyda, William Water, who is our chairman. Um, they have played a huge role in making sure that we've got uh, great representation of women on our board. Um, and so I would say, look at your home, look at your institutions, and then globally, I would say, speak with your children about what solutions they would like to be part of, whether that be a Peace Corps Um, Whether that be, you know, donations. Uh, I know there's a there's a book on donations saying that every we've been working on that with our kids is uh, you should do a third save, a third give um, and a third spend. So I think that at home, the question is, how do we create informed change makers? Things like, are you using solar panels on your roof? Are you really listening to them and making changes in the way your 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 family lives with regard to plastics, with regard to recycling, with regard to um, stuff? I mean, I think one of the biggest challenges we have in the beauty industry is what do we do about stuff? Because we have a lot of stuff. Um, and then I think, you know, for me uh, and in our way, we've supported co-impact. But I do think that there is clearly a widening divide between um, the wealthy and, and low-income communities. And I think, again, as the beauty industry and as families, we need to think about what is our solution to that? How do we think that through? Um, how do we become a part of whatever effort is happening locally and globally to make a solution? But I would say absolutely. And again, I'm lucky enough to have a son, uh, great, great, great male bosses and a, and a, and a great, uh, dad. And I would say that men are, you know, you're half the world, you know, <laughs> um, we haven't really had a fair crack at it, honestly. You know, we're trying. So any leg up you can give. And if you look at, you know, some of the great l- women leaders, they all speak about like Melody Hobson speaks about Bill Bradley and how important he was to her career. So I'd say mentor a woman, sponsor a woman at work, you know, equip your daughters well and listen uh, and treat them equally and then become part of uh, quality solutions in the world.
1: Nancy, one question on my side. You mentioned, and before I, I move forward, thank you for the tip on the money pocket because I have two girls, two and five years old, so it's maybe a little bit early for me, but I will keep in mind what you just said about one-third say, one-third give, one-third spend. I think it's a fantastic, uh, you know, gui- kind of guideline. So I-, I will use it for sure later. Um, back to ELC, one question. So you mentioned about the 29 brands that compose the, the fantastic ELC portfolio. And the question I have working with those brands is how do you how, how does ELC ensure that each brand with its own DNA and they have very different DNA heritage and story, or do you ensure that each brand carries its own identity for those topics of inclusion, diversity, sustainability? Um, I think it's it's I'm, I can imagine it's a challenge, uh, but it's also very exciting to think about this this sustainable lens with the different again, heritage and story of each brand. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
2: That's a wonderful question. It, it is, um, I would say it's not, it's not a challenge as much as it is an opportunity. And we find it to be a very exciting opportunity. I was lucky enough to work for 10 years and I'm still involved in the Mac Viva Glam campaign. And what we saw and what I learned firsthand, first of all, is celebrity is a currency, as Mano says, use it. So we really focus on who are spokespeople, who are, um, you know, and and also kind of the currency of the brand. And what we do is we are, as you likely know, a brand led house. So every brand has a president and it is within the decision making rights of that brand, that brand president, uh, as to what purpose they will focus on or cause and how they will integrate that into sustainability into their and equity into their business. And so uh, we have a very large strategy process at our company, and that is, I would say, organizationally, one of the most important levers. So in strategy, every president presents with their team their commitment around um, social impact, sustainability, and equity, um, and they work to uh, make sure that it's on brand. And I say work, um, it it really is, I would say, a, a, a passion. We have so many talented Uh, marketing teams, sales teams to think through similar to your children or, or us, how do we have purpose show up in our brands? How do we basically use our business prowess and our brands loyalty and love to drive the ability, not only to grow the brand, but also to grow the purpose. And that is what I see as really one of the most exciting opportunities now in, in consumer goods and just generally. And, um, We really focus on, you know, we have uh, Bobby Brown has the Pretty Powerful Fund, Origins has a Plant the Tree Fund, La has a Blue Oceans Fund, and we have a team of people that work with the brands and essentially create their giving programs so that we make sure that we bring best-in-class social impact, you know, due diligence, co-branding with nonprofits, um, and that also, at the same time, we make sure that it's business viable. Because at the end of the day, you know, the trail, unfortunately, is littered with companies that had great intentions uh, around purpose, but didn't have solid business models. And so what's exciting for us is we're in a growth mode, thankfully, and uh, we feel blessed to be in a growth mode. And so we've tried to focus on how do we have those kind of dual engines going. Uh, And it's very, very interesting field. I read in the New York Times last week, that for instance, Wharton, that used to have no courses on social impact now has 50. And so what's, what's so wonderful is we're making this up together. And what's so wonderful is we have a big reserve of knowledge, I'd say particularly in beauty. You know, if you look at the history of beauty industry, we've been very bold, I think, in terms of taking on big issues. I mean, we took on breast cancer and HIV and AIDS and Alzheimer's when it was, you know, honestly not considered either sexy or, or glamorous. Um, philosophy took on mental health very early. Uh, Revlon, Avon took on very early. Avon took on domestic violence. Like we've had some really great stuff in this industry. And um, I think that's in large part because of the leadership within the companies, and with with large part also because, you know, 95% of our consumers are women. Now, actually, increasingly number are men, which is great. But basically, women have been sort of guardians of the world. And we generally are in a category where no one has to buy a beauty product. So when they buy it, they want to buy it now, both, you know, to have a great product, make them look and feel better, and also investing in a company and a brand that the values that they share. So I can, I, we have been as a, as a, as a sector, I think a leader, and I think I'm hoping that we will continue to be.
1: Uh, Arthur, I don't know if we have time, but I would like to ask maybe a, a little side question to Nancy and, and. Nancy, of course, share what you can. But I was I was curious to know what was it like to be like a presidential appointee? Can you and and being a French person, I would love to understand more what it means and and how it was to work with uh, the Obama administration.
2: Well, I I, um, what was lovely for me about working with the Obama administration. First of all, it's you know, it's an honor to be asked in any administration to lead uh, one of the committees. I was the the chair of the Presidential Advisory Committee on HIV and AIDS, and so it was an area that I was then the head of the Mac AIDS Fund that I cared deeply about. And at the end of the day, particularly in health and healthcare, governments have to support solutions to get scale, and that's true actually in education work which we're doing now. So what was so exciting about it was it was a bipartisan committee. It was a group of cross-functional trained, we had doctors, we had social workers, we had the former chief of staff for Laura Bush um, uh, and we had uh, several actors. Um, and the position itself reported to uh, Kathleen Sebelius, who was then the health of Secretary of Health and Human Services. So it was a time when, you know affordable health care was being introduced and it was a time when, you had all players on the field that were really trying to make a difference. And so the, the pleasure for me was, A, just being able to do such a great night job while keeping my great job at Mac <laughs> and at Estee Lauder. But also, you know, change is hard. And these government jobs, this is, these are big tankers, you know, to make differences. And so we spent a lot of time making sure that there were no unintended consequences for people living with HIV. And we actually partnered with people living with cancer So that there was more accessible medication, that there were more accessible um, uh, treatments. Um, And it it was just an honor. Honestly, I did it for a couple of years and being the chair in particular was was really an honor. And those committees are very hardworking committees. So I would say anybody who has an opportunity to do that, they should do it. Plus, as I said, it really gave me a bird's eye view of how as a donor, we can work better with government. One of the things I think that's always a little difficult in terms of private public partnerships is the cultures are very different. You know, in companies, you know, we want it done tomorrow (laughs) and they expect it to be done tomorrow. Whereas in governments, they have a much longer change horizon. So it really did give me a lot of, you know, experience there. And um, Kathleen Sebelius is actually now on the board of our ELC foundation. So she's also been a a big help there Uh, and hopefully will equip us as a company you know, to be a a better partner moving forward. I mean, The the other thing that I really would say is that it's very clear whether we talk to our 16-year-olds or whether we talk to our investors, which I do a great deal of, is that we don't have all the solutions we need now and that innovation really needs to happen. And so for us, I would say in the beauty industry, we need to focus on what can we do collaboratively together, maybe around things like ingredient transparency, right? Where do we need to really... um, throw our arms open and work across sectors. So palm oil is an area where we have to work across sectors and we've been doing that with RSPO and some other folks. Climate is an area where we really need to open our arms wide. So the big call to action I would give is around innovation. We, we have incredible intelligence, incredible marketing ability, incredible finance capability, branding ability within the beauty industry, uh, also procurement ability, and so we've seen through procuring windmills and other things that the green energy, the green solutions, education all these areas need the brain power of our industry and I think the future is very bright. we've been brave and bold in the past we need to be even braver braver and even bolder uh, and and we really do need to focus on how do we partner with other industries and partner with government
0: so so Nancy, I have a kind of a follow-up question you know um are you optimistic? I mean, when I look at the future and I, I'm concerned about my daughter and her future, are you optimistic? Do you have a brighter outlook?
2: Well, that's a great question coming off COP26. I have to say, I have a memory. My grandmother came from Ireland and uh, her mother died soon thereafter. She was a kid. and She ended up uh, running a boarding house and then putting pencils, erasers in pencils And I remember her saying to me towards the end of her life that she wasn't very optimistic, that she had worked very hard, that, you know, obviously she had made my life possible um, and that she was very concerned about my future and that she didn't know if the world was going to be a better place, but it was up to me. And so I feel coming off COP26, a very similar sort of feeling where it's kind of a toss up, honestly, there's so much going on. I mean, at that point, there were, you know, nuclear weapons, nuclear power plants. There were a lot of very scary things. What's really clear, similar to nuclear weapons or nuclear power plants, is that we need to radically change our game. And that is where I think we need to understand that this is a, if the the youth movement, I think, can do us one huge favor is that this is very serious and the stakes are very high. And that's where I am hopeful, because if we really do, and Arthur, I'm so touched uh, by your thinking about your daughter and audrey your daughters as well we need to listen and we need to you know for for beauty companies it's not enough just to grow we have to grow we have to sell great products and we really do need to make the communities where we live work and source better and we need to dig deep and make sure better is not even better maybe best um and that's where i think um we have a lot of uh, it's very it's a very sobering moment, I'd say, Arthur. That's how I mean, um, I, I said I'm ultimately optimistic, which is why I do this work. But um, I do think that we have more of a listening than we've ever had before in terms of investors. Um, I see big investment houses actually doing the math on their portfolio to figure out how to get to negative one and a half degrees. I know many of us are digging deep to try and figure out negative one and a half degrees, Um I think the area that I would say, again, is that I think we need to lean in more on innovation together Uh, because it's striking to me when we look for green energy solutions or recycling solutions that there's some, but they're not great and they're not scaled or they're great and they're small. (laughs) So I think that's where we need to we do need to to dig in and hopefully, you know, through podcasts like this, we have to really listen and we have to, you know, have to work at it. Um, I do think, you know, Audrey and her team at Accenture, we have a lot of people, really smart people rolling up their sleeves yeah. trying to get this stuff done. We have more jobs than I've ever been before. I think we also have a moment, though, where we don't have a lot of people who have training in consumer goods companies. And we need to make sure that if we're layering all these jobs in, that we really are layering in benefit to the world as well as to our companies. Um but it's it is an exciting and humbling time and sobering time. And I, I really appreciate being, you know, part of the series and look forward to yeah. whatever people should reach out. I'm on LinkedIn. I you can get my email, but let's let's keep talking.
0: Okay, let's keep the conversation going. Yeah.
2: And Nancy, last
1: point, I would like to jump on what you you just said. I can tell you also from a, a consulting company lens that it's also a lot of new roles, new skills. We are educating our team so that now. This topic is systematically uh, think about in every conversation and have I have seen the change in the past years that's incredible uh, our team are really eager and willing to learn more to be educated so we have amazing training internally externally with partner to make sure that all this new generation whatever is the role they have in the in the society whatever their their, their job and their so that they can uh, really you know um be educated know what they are talking about pr- think about innovation as you mentioned and I I agree with you we don't have all the solution but let's build this solution together as partners. and uh, and I truly believe we have seen incredible change uh, in the past in the past years yeah
2: and the good news again is if we listen to them they'll let us know whether I mean I think that conscience is so important and it's really a very different approach maybe than we've taken to employees in the past but uh, you know at our at our at the SD Lauder companies honestly that all, that we have a lot of. We always say we have a lot of juice in our employees. I mean, they are really powering this work, and people who have you know incredible procurement expertise are the people who allowed us to invest in virtual power purchase agreement at scale. Um, and these were people when they started who didn't understand virtual power purchase agreements. And the climate team worked with the procurement team, and we all figured it out together. So it is indeed an exciting time where we have to I think keep our eye on our north star of making the communities where you live, work, and source better and the world better. Uh, listen to our our young people, actually all people, I think plenty of us who are over 40 believe all of this as well and understand, you know, what's at stake. And again, I'm super optimistic, soberly optimistic, I would say.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, we're um, out of time. Uh, thank you so much for attending. Thanks. Thank you listeners for listening in and Accenture for uh Kind of the, the series that we've been working on. It's been terrific. And uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned for the next one. Thank you. Ready, reset, grow. Accenture helps beauty brands and retailers around the globe embrace change to seize the future. Learn how leading beauty companies partner with Accenture to focus on the new consumer and to become inclusive and sustainable organizations. Visit Accenture.com
2: backslash consumer goods.